Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Ben. Hey, how's it going? No diggity. No, no diggity. Ben, Jay's intro music. Here it it is. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. It's a fucking tune. The pod father. Nipping. At Zerb's heels for total guest count, Ben J. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Well, you, what's our count now? Um, I think you're at. This is four. Four. And Zerb's at five. Nine. Five. He's desperate. <laughs> he has but, nothing going on at home, probably. But yeah, Zerb, <laughs> Zerb, we know you have nothing going on at home. Uh, ben is coming nipping. Coming for. <laughs> he's nipping at his heels. Okay, first and foremost, before we get into Gossip Girl Part 3, we want to give a little housekeeping. Contact information so the kids can get at us. Do you want to give it or do you want me? VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com. Yep. VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. Get them up in the DMs. They always respond. You know, good point. And what I will say is... Although Australia's on a different time zone, so it could be coming like now. So you should probably check your phone right now just in case. Let me double check. Because that was one of the funniest moments of this entire podcast was you getting some random email from someone in Australia. It was when... It was like, like, I don't know if I'm ever really going to catch Zerb because you may just quit after getting that one. (laughs) I know. And then I'm fucked. (laughs) Yeah, so... Just Natalie, your wife, Natalie J, she texted me after I read that story on the podcast about that that lady from Australia reaching out her first stranger email and how like my entire world was complete and like my life was complete. Yep. And she sent a really nice text. She said, uh, quote, I can't with this pod. I feel so many emotions on your behalf. I'm also so happy about that email. Cool story, Hanson. Anyways, yeah, she she uh, reached out and said she loved it, and uh, I always appreciate that feedback. Okay. Of course. We now have the biggest Chuck Bass fan sitting here in podcast studio, kids. Is that an accurate statement? Oh, yeah. So it's probably a foregone conclusion that- Chuck she- Bass after a pilot episode, to be very, very clear. <laughs> so- Yes, that's a good... Let's talk through that. Let's talk through that. Because that's a little bit of content there. I gave Ben some homework before his Gossip Girl pod appearance. So he reached out to me. He said, hey, I'm a huge Gossip Girl fan. I love Chuck Bass. I need to be on a Gossip Girl pod. I said, okay, this guy, he's so desperate. I'll have him on. (laughs) He came on and I gave him some homework ahead of time and said, you love Chuck Bass. What I would really love to see is... You try and defend him after just his pilot performance. And you came back a few days later with zero. Well, 
you asked me to do it because I'm one of the only people who can defend Dan Scott from <laughs> One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. You said, look, if anyone can do this and you love Chuck, you can find an angle here that you can justify this. And I told Natalie J, I was like, hey, so I just got this homework assignment from BD. And I have to somehow convince myself that Chuck Bass is a good dude after the pilot episode. And the kits, not just yourself. And the kit. You got to convince the kits. Well, I had to convince myself before I could even right. entertain yeah. convincing the kids. Yeah. So I was, so I watched it and I was completely horrified. <laughs> Double rape attempts. Yeah, it was two rape there's attempts. Just, there's just no way. And then my wife, Natalie, she, uh, gave me some background on the actor and she was like, be careful what you say. And I yeah. was like, oh shit. So hey, do you want to get the background? He's, he's had some assault, a- alleged sexual assault, alleged sexual assault cases brought upon him, which in my mind just means he's probably guilty. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> the fact that they were from 2014, there were three different women, two claimed rape, one claimed sexual assault, not to get too uh, heavy on you kids, but they were supposed to have happened in 2014 and no charges brought against. But did they say after watching? See, you never know. Oh, they you don't even know. say if they so settled. after watching pilot episode one, it was like, oh, shit. Is this Gossip Girl producers? Is it on them? Because they yeah. made him rate two girls yeah. in the opening episode and then five years later maybe yeah allegedly maybe maybe not yeah could be like, on the producers man hey maybe that's your defense yeah. of ed westwick is no hey, no, not no, his no, fault. no 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 <laughs> it's I the producer defense <laughs> it's the producers not ed <laughs> hey not chuck bass it's the producers read the script man read the script so let's get everyone caught up though since episode seven, when Lauren S was last on the pod, yep, it ends with Chuck has his coming out party. Him and Blair finally hook up, have sex for the first time. Hot sex. Hot sex in the back of a limo. So what's happening is Blair's been like regretting that hookup with Chuck. And she's been trying to get back with Nate, essentially, because he's the guy who she sees more of a future with. Right. That's happening with them. Dan's mom came back to town. You're very familiar that Thanksgiving episode featured, I think, the main point of when she came home. She came back to town and really fucking shit up with Rufus and Lily. Because Rufus and Lily, who apparently have love that goes all the way back to their young days. She was a groupie. Groupie. Uh, By the way... If, uh, and she was a groupie with like not just Rufus, but was it Nine Inch Nails? She, um, yeah, someone else. Yeah, I mean, like she was running around on tour buses for a couple of years. Yeah, how Which do you tight. feel about Dan's dad, Rufus? He's a band. He's still in a band. He's like forty five, and he's still trying to make it happen in a band. Yeah, so <clears throat> I've got a few things to say because you guys said he was making like six figures and he was living in that uh like loft he's making a lot more than that if he's living in that loft yeah guys new york city real estate is insane oh my god if you watch million dollar listing 
you know that that spot they have is it's a lot. eight million. <laughs> legitimately eight million dollars right now i know so if he's making six figures which could be a hundred thousand dollars uh not affording it not even close yeah totally with two kids in a private high school that high school private school is very strange so but what do you just think of him though like forget about the all that like just as a person and a dad because i like find myself hating him every time he's on the screen. I hate him. Okay, cool. Absolutely hate him. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. I've never seen him with less than 13 bracelets on each wrist. And for a 45 year old with two high school kids to have at least 13 bracelets on each wrist and a choker. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck guy? He, what's your damage? He is, he's in like an in-between period where he's still trying to be a musician, but he's like got almost adult kids. So he like wants to be cool and like understanding of everything, but he's like holding on to this fucking past. And so if you are a parent who was cool at some point, you have to let that go. Yeah. You're not cool. And like be not cool for a little bit. To become cool later on. Yeah. You can't just always be cool. No. Yeah. I, that because makes sense. Because if you're always cool, then your kids are fucked up. Oh, yeah. And they have shitty morals and you're just Oh, like look at all weird. actor you're kids, dude. Weird. Yeah. Look at so all like actor you kids. You have to become lame at some point and then become self-aware and then figure that shit out afterwards. Yeah. That's so true. God, that do you know, Rick Moranis quitting acting when he did fucking was so perfect for his kids probably because it was like hey uh i was cool as fuck i'm obviously rick moranis coolest dude in hollywood (laughs) crushing all fucking things and then like i gotta quit and his kids he became a stay-at-home dad as we talked about in the little giants pod and now his kid he just went home stopped being cool as fuck in hollywood his kids are now probably all normal and then absolutely you point to like people like big actors a-list actors kids who like all have drug addictions they're all fucked up and it's because their parents just stayed cool all the way through yeah yeah you have to get awful yeah you have to become a parent at some point to have good kids right and if you're a musician you you're fucked. You're fucked. I know, and it's even weirder. Like, is like you how many how many musicians' kids are cool? Are cool in Hollywood? Probably not Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin's kids. Like, I'm just thinking, like the like Osborne kids. Uh, fucked. Hmm. Hmm. Fucked. It's it's a it's a good point, and even like you if have you have to be humbled. If you fast forward to like season two, the lamest storyline with Rufus Dan's dad that was happening was like they had him on tour. Like he left his his two high school kids in and he just went on tour and he was riding around a tour bus like with a bunch of 25 year olds still trying to make it in a band. And it was like he was just constantly calling Jenny and Dan all the time, like trying to be a uh, fucking dad from like the tour bus. And it was like, dude, guy and their mom wasn't even around. So he was a single dad raising two kids on his own, just out touring. What judge gave him both kids as a musician? <laughs> well, it's because Dan's mom. Tour. Dan's mom <laughs> is is out like blowing dudes constantly. So, I mean, she still probably wins that case though. 
You know what? I don't even feel bad about saying that because she's married and blowing dudes on the side. So she's not single blowing dudes. She's married and blowing dudes. Okay. So that gets us caught up with Rufus. Uh, He sucks. He sucks. Dan and Serena, they've been dating. Same old, same old. Who cares? Uh, Nate's dad has been in rehab for cocaine. Okay. Should we transition with an awesome song to episode 10, Ben J? Yes, absolutely. The soundtrack for this this entire show is so good. Yeah, this... like putting yourself back in like 2010. Oh, like it's so good. And I just I cannot think of another show where there are so many quality bands. Maybe it's not their best song, but it's just good bands, and it's not super poppy or like completely unknown. There was one song, there's like an Albert Hammond Jr. who is from The Strokes. Like, you obviously know that. Um, <laughs> I clocked it. But, like, he's he's one of my favorite musicians of the last 15 years. And so, yeah. underrated music during the show, which... Totally. And, and yeah, the OC, it was... It was mostly unknown bands that either became big from the OC like the Killers or they stayed unknown like Patrick Park. Right. And he just ne- and he always stayed like an indie band and never became famous. To your point, they're not super indie, but they're not main. It's not a bunch of Katy Perry songs. Right. You know. Right. But this episode, dude, debutante ball. Mm. It's time for the ladies to be introduced to society. I I have a lot of thoughts on this. Like Dan, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So Dan is not wanting to go to this debutante ball because he's like on this pedestal of fuck that. No, he's a poor. That's what I'm saying. He's on. He's so a poor, if, and he's like, I don't. You approve. are in that society. You're all about it. You've always been all about it. You've never known anyone to not be all about it. Your mom did it. Your grandma yeah. did it. Everyone's done all it. All your friends have done it. All the older kids who you like yeah. looked up to have always done it. They've always gone with the hottest girls. They, like It is a status thing that is necessary for that society. It's like a bar mitzvah, but it's you're getting introduced to high society. Yeah, because both of us are Jewish, and uh-huh. so we totally know what like bar mitzvahs are like to go through. I can say that, dude. <laughs> Our last guest was Lauren S. She is Jewish. She is my friend, and so I can talk about bar mitzvahs <laughs> like I've been to one ever, <laughs> which I've not. Um, okay, Debbie. Weird Tom- thing about the Midwest is that. <laughs> Like, I have a lot of Jewish friends, but they all came from college. It's yeah. a very strange thing about the Midwest that Jewish, like, communities do not bleed into... Well, all our friends were Catholic. Yeah, all our friends just, are Catholic, so... But, like, where I live right now is right next to, like, an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Oh. So, like... In Pea Ridge? Uh, yeah, so it's in, like, Gulf Manor. 
mm-hmm. is like orthodox. Like everyone is walking around in like their Sunday best all the, all time. the time. Yeah. I've and actually heard that. Yeah. It's like really interesting to see. And you know, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't know debutante balls and I don't know bar mitzvahs like you do. So, <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about them as if no. we do. Oh, absolutely. First thing I'll say, Serena's grandma, she's the biggest part of this debutante ball. And she is like coming in guns fucking blazing in this episode. Cece? Cece Vanderwoodson. Oh, no, it's Uh, not. She has a different last name. It's not Vanderwoodson. Yeah, it's something else. But uh, But Cecilia, yeah. And she she is, what I wrote down was behind closed doors, this lady is a fucking pretentious snake. And she is not cool with Dan dating her granddaughter because he is a poor. Daniel. Daniel. So I love the fact that she or he has to correct her every single time that she talks to him because she calls him Daniel. Yeah. Actually, it's Dan. It's like, I'm not sure who has the upper hand there, whether it's her because she just continues to disregard what he would like to go by. Or 10 years later, I mean, like, she doesn't give a fuck about any, like, pronouns that you want to go by. She is going to call you whatever the fuck she wants. Oh, and I will <laughs> say, as much as she sucks, she's deserved that, right? Like, old old people kind of, yeah, she's crazy as shit, and she's definitely a pretentious snake. But I do, I do like a world where old people can get away with a little more than, like, young interns at work who I feel like should get away with fucking nothing and I hate all of them. Right. You know what I mean? Like young interns at work when they're always trying to give their opinion and they always feel like their shit doesn't stink and you're like, hey, fuck you, idiots. You're fucking one year removed from St. Joe's? (laughs) Get fucked. What do you know? Then I feel like on the other side... Who's your co-worker that went to St. Joe's? (laughs) No. I I only know... One person in Philly, yeah. yeah I actually, Megano went to on this pod, good friend oh. of this pod. She <laughs> yeah, went to yeah. St. Joe's, that's why I thought of it. Because, uh, she, anyways, Megan, no one wants to hear your opinions right now. <laughs> as a 23, no, she hates interns too. No, I know she's um, but <laughs> but then on the other Sorry, end of the she... spectrum, I go, old people, I'm cool to like hear what they have to say, they might be crazy sometimes, but. They deserve to have us listen, at least. They are unrequested comedic relief that like yeah. no one asked for. Right. And it's nice to have that because everyone else is woke like around them, and they are just completely oblivious. They don't give a fuck. Now, Celia, I think, is the grandparent version of Chuck. Yeah. She, she's in that like, same Chuck mold. Chuck is never going to leave this mold. No, he's in this life. And if he has multiple kids, he's got daughters. He's not going to have them go with a Daniel Humphrey. Fuck. No, No, Chuck would never approve of that. I love Chuck. So I kind of love Cece as well. So let's go to Chuck. Let's get off Cece for a second. Go to Chuck and just say that at this debutante ball, is they're practicing. Is they're practicing and getting prepared for this debutante ball? The tension between Chuck, Blair, and Nate, 
you can cut it with a spoon. Spoon. It is cuttable with a doll spoon sphere shaped object. Let's play a clip of what happens is Chuck and Blair are actually hooking up at the beginning of this episode. Nate arrives because he's going to ask Blair to the fucking ball. Oh, clip. What are you doing here, Nate? Well, I, um, look, you know, after rehearsal, I just, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about you. I mean, the ball is something we've talked about doing together since we were like 10 years old. And I've given you every reason to hate me. True. Keep going. But is there any chance you'd go with me for old time's sake? As friends. Absolutely. But only as friends. Just friends. Chuck overhears Nate come back into the picture. And this is honestly, dude, you know, we're talking about like, when does Chuck turn? When does he fully turn? into where he's no longer like a rapey piece of shit and where he turns like where the audience is empathizing with him. Yeah. And for me, I personally think it was after episode seven. They We talked about in the last pod. They gave him a shot. He delivered with his passions, the burlesque club, all that. And then now they're starting to weave him in as like a, he's actually not that bad. They have this whole storyline in episode 10 and 11 where he physically can't get boners anymore unless it's with Blair. Like, you know, Chuck, he's a womanizer. He's always hooking up with like ladies and stuff. So that's how they're making him like redeeming. And now he's jealous of Nate and all this stuff. I wonder how everyone feels when they start to date Leighton Meester after knowing Chuck Bass cannot get boners after hooking up with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, that has got to be so intimidating. Oh, like Blair is the one to tame Chuck. He was going to just take whatever he wanted, and then as soon as Blair came into the picture and she was an option because she left Nate, it was game over. That is yeah. some strong womanhood. What I like about all this all this stuff about Chuck and Blair and everything is, for me, there's nothing better than that Seth Cohen mold of the girl hates me and I'm going to persevere and like break down any walls and get this girl who hates me to love me. And I, I, that's what they're said. And I feel like America in the audience also shares that same love for that storyline because they were like, Hey, we need to make uh, people like Chuck and not hate him for being like a rapist. (laughs) So what are we going to do? Put him in that mold. Classic American story. (laughs) Classic American story of the girl fucking hates him. And he just like fucking, like whittles her down to a nub of a human being and then finally gets with her. America (laughs) loves that shit. (laughs) Oh my God. It was like Chuck is, he's always playing chess. Always. He never plays dominoes. Like it is. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I've never heard that. I actually, I can't take credit for that. Uh, I heard that on a Bachelor episode once, this guy on uh, Paradise, he was, because yeah, you've heard the saying a million times, like, this guy's out here playing chess, everyone else is playing checkers. And this guy on Bachelor said an interview completely, he knew the joke too. He yeah. he he didn't say it as being an idiot, it, like not knowing the saying, he knew that the, this was a joke and he goes, look, ever, <laughs> everyone's out here playing chess. And I'm in my room playing dominoes. 
<laughs> he didn't. It was just so. It was such a good saying, but anyways, yeah, go ahead. So I don't know if I want to get this deep, this early. A real talk. A little bit real talk. Oh, but, real talk. Yeah. Um, Chuck taming Blair is kind of like Chuck taming his dad as well. How how do you mean? So it seems like it's never going to happen. Right. Like Chuck Chuck is such a shithead. Yeah. He's never going to be able to get someone like Blair Waldorf, a Waldorf. I mean no. like just a huge fucking name in New York. And then he ends up getting her kind of sleazy way. Well, he ends up getting his dad with a sleazy way with the burlesque club. Yeah. So there's like parallels there that, and then as soon as he gets that high of, oh my gosh, I like, I can actually belong in these circles. I can't get enough. And that's why he's never going to leave this life in the like. So he gets high off of the, the power and absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is about power and is about controlling everything that you possibly can. Now, I totally agree. He gets off on power. He's definitely in that mold. My question is, don't you feel like Blair, the reason he likes her so much is because she doesn't just sit down and take all of his shit. She's not passive. She kind of like goes back at him and calls him on his shit a lot. And I feel like she's a constant challenge that he cannot figure out that Rubik's cube of Blair Waldorf. And that is what keeps him intrigued is that as he's seeking this power and trying to own fucking Manhattan as like being a powerful fucking white dude, rich white dude, he can't get Blair to submit. And that game is keeping him so locked in. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's weird because he's really interested in all of the ways to get to where he wants to be. It's about the journey to get there. Yes. Yeah. He's as soon as he gets to where he wants to be, there's something else. He's he's not satisfied. Which No. I yeah, mean, never. That's why he was rapey early on. So he's Chuck Bass. He can't be fucking satisfied. Dude, all these fucking dudes are never satisfied. I'm never satisfied. It's a curse. And that that's just that's, get satisfied, guy. That the the, the none, <laughs> I'm just watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. <laughs> yeah. Another fucking creepy rich white dude who in just, New York. In New York yeah. could never, no matter what, was never satisfied, and he ended up becoming a massive piece of shit pedophile child rapist. Now Chuck Bass does not completely go down no, that no, road. No, 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 no. So no, we not. can still love Chuck. Even though you just said that Chuck was <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't on this podcast. It's still I do redeeming. Not. He's still redeeming. Just wait for it. I do not want to compare him. Just fucking wait for it. No, let's not compare him Chuck to Jeffrey Epstein. I don't want to compare him to that because he's not. Let's zag, though. Let's zag back to fucking Serena's grandma because. Oh, is that where we started? <laughs> I, it's where we started. I want to go back yeah. to her because at this point. We got to get into why we're always here, dude. And why we're always here is business partnership, sponsorship, love with our fine, fine sponsors from 
Wicklow wear. So I'm going to give my MCITW and go back to fucking Cece and give Serena's grandma the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. And that is brought to you by our fine sponsors, Wicklow wear. W I C K L O W wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear. Wicklow.com. Tap the promo code. Be all check out. Get 10% off of your order. $30 in the baseball tees, $20 in the tanks, $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Ben has his $30 baseball tee here. He feels good in it. He loves it. It's comfortable all the time. Fucking serene. Yeah. Just wait for my MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's never been done, so I look forward to it. It's never been done. Continue. Anyways. Just fucking wait, Anyways, I'll continue. It was a no-brainer for me. I don't know what this says about me. It's just... All right, so... I, I can't help myself. This is going to be... The first time on this podcast ever that someone gets an M- MCITW and the MVP in the same episode. Honestly, I'm surprised that that didn't happen with Dan Scott on one. Well, it's because on One Tree Hill, I made a distinct effort where I was like, I'm never, ever giving an MCITW to Dan Scott because it's just too easy. Yeah. So that's why I never overlapped. But. What I will say, dude, before you give her the MVP at the end of this episode, is that Serena, let's play a clip of just so the kids can get a taste of how fucking shitty Serena's grandma is. This is when she's telling Dan, essentially, do not take my granddaughter to the debutante ball. Fuck you, Dan. Here it is. The way you feel, it never goes away. It just gets worse. I'm sorry, I don't quite... You'll always use your dessert fork for your entree. You'll always feel underdressed, no matter what you wear. And at dinner parties, it will be as if there's a language that sounds like English and you think you speak it, but they don't hear you. And you don't understand them. As time passes, you'll feel that people never see you when they look at you, but wonder merely whether you're Serena's whim or her charity case. Until the day comes when you realize that girls like Serena don't end up with Dan Humphrey. They end up with the Carters of the world, and um, people like you, they turn into cocktail party anecdotes of their foolish youth. So, why don't you uh, give it up and spare yourself the pain? Hmm? Serena's grandma, Celia does not like Dan. You know why? Because his blood doesn't run blue. He is not a blue blood. And she does not like that fucking shit. What was interesting was that his first impression, I think, was actually pretty damn good. I know. Because, hey, all you need to do is just be honest. She can sniff out dishonesty like crazy. And then as soon as she heard the last name of Humphrey, it fucking clicked immediately for her. That that Humphrey name is not ringing any bells in old Celia's mind of like, it's no Vander Woodson. It's no Hatfield or McCoy. Right. It's Humphrey. Humphrey. It's trash. It's musician blood. Yeah. Wake me up when it's not that trash blood. Maybe if you play like a violin for some 
big I mean, guy. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? I don't know. Okay. Now, also, she's just like blackmailing like crazy. Like, I think at one point in this episode, she blackmails Dan and Dan's dad. <laughs> she she goes up to Dan's dad and blackmails him. And she's like, hey, Rufus, idiot. I will buy every single painting in this art studio. Probably spend like 500 grand and buy every single painting. If you get your son, Dan, to not take my granddaughter to this Debbie Tom Ball. And are you aware of what is hanging up in the art gallery? Uh, one of his ex-wife's no, paintings. All of them. Oh, all. It was a show. All of his ex-wife. The ex-wife. All of her so paintings. Yeah. He is trying to make amends with because he was all upset about losing her. Yeah. She will sell every single painting in this art gallery probably tonight three years worth which of is work. going to completely change her entire career trajectory right and which i'm looking at rufus like dude this is a great fucking deal i know so what an offer you just get your high school son to not take this girl who he's dating i just feel like hey dan bud <laughs> Uh, it's fucking high school. It yeah. doesn't matter, dude. Hey, doesn't matter at all. Just you can still take her to prom and stuff. Fucking yeah. that's bigger anyway. So just hey, sit this one out, buddy. Yeah, sit it out. Sit it out. Do not take her to Debbie Don Paul. We now get enough money to afford this eight million dollar apartment <laughs> that we live in for like the next two months. And fuck off, son. Yeah. yeah so she's blackmailing. I'm the him. father, and I'm telling you exactly what to fucking do. Why? It's done. Why do all old people have to suck in these teen dramas? Like Caleb Nickel, fucking Whitey fucks from One Tree Hill. Love Whitey. Whitey fucks. <laughs> I fucking hate Whitey. Whitey fucks hard. Whitey fucks hard. <laughs> God, he's awesome. By the way, I just want to explain that joke on Whitey fucks. Um, it was played in when I did that mashup of all of our intros together of like, Pat and I warming up. Yeah. And there was one I slipped in there of us, you and I warming up. <laughs> and when we were warming up, you just said whitey fucks. <laughs> I don't and know that's, why. That's F-U-Q-S. <laughs> yeah. For the kids. Whitey fucks. Hashtag fucks. Whitey sucks. Anyways, why, why do all old people have to be portrayed so evil and shitty? Seth's uh, grandma. Sandy Cohen's mom blows ass. Caleb Nickel blows ass. Uh, Celia, Serena's grandma. Why do all the grandparents have to just suck? It's. I think it is perspective. So it's because it's a teen show. They're like, hey, the perspective is old people. They're all out of touch and yes, fucking and suck. from like if they did something from the adult point of view, it would look drastically different. Yeah. Not well, I end up siding like, with like, adults a lot. Like, not specifically about this debutante ball because Celia is going rogue left uh, and right. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. Which is why it's awesome. Anyways. But, yeah. Um, like, in general, though, it's you want what your characters who you like to get what they want and need. And you need someone to combat that. So you think they're portraying them like through the eyes of the teens. And that's Correct. why they're making the audience Correct. hate them is because you're thinking about it as if Serena's annoyed that her grandma is 
trying to tell her what to do with yeah. her life. Guess yeah. what? Grandma gets to tell you what the fuck yeah. to do with yeah. your life Damn. when she gave you the life that you have. Now it's I'm like, kind of like siding with you on choosing her as MVP. <laughs> but what I will say for this segment is that Celia Vanderwoodson. No, never mind. Whatever her last name is. Celia Serena's grandma. Get fucked. Brought to you by Wicklowware. Be free and explore. Serena, we, find, let's. I was just going to fast forward we, to that. Can we ask? This may or may not work. But seems like a debutante ball is for the women, right? <laughs> it wouldn't be for me. What would a debutante ball be for the dudes? Like the worst night of our lives? No, like specifically like put on by our parents to make the boys into men. So there's a debutante ball for the women. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I they, see what you're saying. Like, what does that look like? You shotgun that, a beer? Is that content or is that not? Like, I don't want to be like misogynistic here, but it's like, I've never thought about it. And I've. You take, you have to go up on stage in front of everyone. You have to take a shot of liquor and not make a really shitty face. <laughs> I think that's one. At what point would you become a man then? <laughs> when you cannot make a no, really shitty face. You. <laughs> You specifically, BD. I have not had my debutante ball then yet. <laughs> you would just be forever young. You'd just be the fucking Peter Pan of yeah. my friends. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the other things that would like signify your, uh, like what what's an activity to signify your man? Maybe you would like have to throw an axe. <laughs> so you'd have to take a shot without making a face. You'd have to throw an axe and like get it on the board. What if you threw the axe and it hit the fucking like bullseye and just bounced right off? Then it's, it's like, like oh, damn, that sucks. That guy, like, we thought look, he was look, about to be a I man. I fucking threw it. It was perfect. What's wrong with this board? Is this hey, regulation? No, dude, Ben. What? If it doesn't stick, it doesn't count. Man. Okay. If it doesn't stick and it doesn't My count, you're not a man. Too quick, man. <laughs> I'm yeah, next level for you. What I can say is it would I not. I like to go from like twice as far back and then throw my axe. Oh yeah, and then it's definitely gonna hit the fucking. What I can I say keep, is this: I keep forgetting the word bullseye. I don't know why. <laughs> I keep thinking target because of the fucking store, but I can't think of bullseye. What I can Sorry. say is this: it would not go as it did in this show for the females, which is the debutante ball. Fast forward to the end of this debutante ball. Dan tells Serena all the shit. You know, Dan's dad just totally rats out Serena's grandma, tells his son that, like... He's been waiting to do that forever. Oh, oh my God. He's been waiting so hard. years. He's been waiting so hard to just tell the story of, hey, someone's trying to... Some rich bitch is trying to fucking blackmail me. Since he was 12 when he was a musician. Yeah. Trying to hook up with Lily. So I want to play a clip at the end of this debutante ball. Everyone now knows about it. Everyone knows Serena's grandma's evil. Serena does this shit where they have the facilitator of the debutante ball who's like introducing the girls in the in the society. And and she'll say stuff like Blair Waldorf heading to an Ivy League institution next year, Yale. 
hopes one day to have two kids and live and vacation in the Hamptons and in the summer to support the New York museums. Yeah, and, it, it yeah. says stuff and like New that. New York City parks. And yeah. yeah, so she's an MC basically. Yes, in reading these cue cards of like introducing these girls to the society, and here's what happens when Serena's name pops up. And now I'd like to present Serena Celia Vanderwoodson, daughter of committee member Lillian Vanderwoodson, granddaughter of Chairwoman Emeritus Celia Catherine Rhodes, escorted by Carter Bazin. Miss Vanderwoodson hopes to bed as many billionaires as she can before settling down to... Oh, my God. Sorry. And that was like the final fuck you grandma get bent bitch I'm not playing this game she's playing a higher game if I wanna fuck she's playing chess and they're playing dominoes dominoes <laughs> and she's saying this if I wanna fuck a Humphrey I'm gonna fuck a Humphrey mom bitched out mom had this exact same conundrum happen to her 20 years prior and she took the alternative route where she just got with rich dudes and now serena's mom has been inheritance serena's mom is rich as fuck but she has been married and divorced four different times serena's saying i want to get married to a humphrey i want fuck for love love forget the inheritance her trust fund one of those nasty words. Can I just say how this episode ends is a wild, awesome montage. So before we get into the final montage, I think that Chuck starts to come into his own a little bit during this episode. And there are two different quotes that I love from him. Like as a character, again, he's not a good person yet. No, it's still no. really shitty. So, right. so it's it's like this is not good stuff to do, but it is fucking vintage. I'm I'm all on board so, with with hearing Chuck quotes. Go ahead. So the first one is that when Chuck is talking to Nate about how Blair has changed since they broke up. You know, Nate's like, oh, man, she just seems like so happy and like carefree carefree, and like she's just not Blair. He's like, yeah, she does have a certain glow to her. Like, <laughs> that is fucking savage to tell your yeah. best friend that his ex-girlfriend has a glow because you were banging her is fucking awesome. I think savage is the best way to describe so it. Good. It is definitely savage. Love that. And the second one is when they are hooking up before, I think. Nate shows up to ask her to the debutante ball. Oh, yeah. Going all the way back to the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And his line is, he bores you. Oh, yeah. It's like, damn, damn. He kind of does bore me. And you are sneaking into my house when my mom is in Paris. You dirty dog, you. Damn. And it's like, oh, now we're having this like great hookup. And you're just talking about my ex-boyfriend, how he's fucking boring. and God. It's like, I mean, that's working for her. Dude, totally. He he knows what note to hit at every point. 
after episode one. <laughs> after episode one, when he was raping. Yeah. Dude, totally. Like, that's the thing, is if... He bores you. Is such... I he, love that, too, because fuck. it's like... it's There is no substitute for confidence in a wooing situation between a guy and a gal. And... Or a guy and a guy. Or a guy and a guy. Or a gal and a gal. Yes. There is no substitute for confidence no matter what way you look at it. And if Chuck is just going to flat out say right to your face, like, he bores you, I don't. (laughs) It's just, it's electric. Oh, my God. It's electric. Let me readjust right now. Because, yeah, yeah, my loins (laughs) need some readjustment right now. Just. Saying that line out loud gets me so fucking excited. And as I watched it, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm really boring. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like, I really need to, like, spice up my own life. It's quarantine, I know, but, like, I can probably do more at this point. <laughs> I can always do more. Here's the thing, though, is there's do always... Do more instead of do less. No, I will never say that. your life, man. I will never say that. Even when <laughs> I, it comes to your wife, I, do I less. I almost got you. I almost <laughs> got you to say it. You're like, oh, yeah, tell you should tell you do no, more. No, I will never say that. Kids, always do less, even if it's with your wife. Do way less than what you're doing. Dude, it's such a fine line to play because it's like, you don't want to go too far with that confidence where you're like at a restaurant and you're ordering for her. You know, you go there and you sit down and you're like, hey, you know what? Hey, don't even worry about ordering, honey. I got this. She'll have the steak tartare, the side of mashed taters. I was going to say tartare. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's like, uh, can you actually like sear that tartare yeah. for me? You know what? Butterfly that bitch for <laughs> Butterfly it. She it gives me the shits when I eat raw I don't meat. even care Thank how you. she likes it cooked. Butterfly it. Well done, <laughs> bitch. There's you obviously can't go that far. So it's like you telling a girl that she's bored by a guy. That's cool. But like, don't go so far as to where you're ordering food for a <laughs> restaurant. Unless it's like Skyline Chili and you're just like, yeah, she oh. was, she's in the bathroom. Just get her a three way. Yeah, she's I know she always <laughs> wants a small three way and then like a regular Greek salad. But make sure to bring the crackers and hot <laughs> yeah. sauce. Like, just make sure. Cheese on the side, please. Yes, please. Don't she likes to put the cheese on by herself. <laughs> I can order for her. She's my wife. Although, when I do that, I do feel kind of badass, though. Like, hey, dude, I got this. That's why you love Chuck. I got your order. <laughs> now, let's go to final montage of this episode because hot damn one republic apologize such a good song let me lay out everything that is happening in the montage because dude this is one of those montages where it captures a plethora of versatile emotions it hits emotions in every single fucking spectrum dude okay one happiness dan and serena making up and getting back together that's one two regret They show a clip of Serena's mom watching Dan and Serena getting back together. And you can tell she's thinking about how she should have had the courage to go get with Rufus back in the day and say, fuck Celia 
her mom and she didn't. So regret is two. Three, bitter sadness. Serena's grandma sitting alone in the hotel bedroom just taking pills by herself because she's got the cancer. Fucking bitter sadness. Four, blinding lust. Blair and Nate having sex, fucking over Chuck at the end of this episode. It's the most sensual sex of all time that's happening, making us so pissed, which leads to number five emotion in this montage. Anger, which is Chuck leaving the country for Monaco. Fuck Blair. Fuck this country. I'm out of here. So how do you feel about... Actually, hold on before I ask you that. I love just in a montage, dude. I love when the song playing that One Republic apologize song. I love when the song is so versatile that like you can show all those different emotions: sadness, bitterness, anger, love, happiness. You can show all these different things, and the song still works in all those different emotions. Do you think it's written for the purpose of having all those emotions, or is it specifically? catered to one emotion that you can eventually tie it to other emotions as a songwriter yourself right yeah just like when you are writing a fucking hit i don't know the answer to that question i really don't i don't have any idea i I just know what i feel oh i know the answer go ahead one emotion they they and they prey on that and that one emotion like transitions into all the other emotions. Yes, because so many emotions are so close to the other ones where if you're feeling something slightly different but it's strong enough, it's going to like speak Oh, to you. so you think that like oh, if you're super ang- deep here. Oh, if you're talk. super angry, it's easy to transition to being super like anything. Anything. You're feeling so fucking much in that you moment. You feel it. Yeah, oh, you just you feel, feel something. So all you need to do is you need to write a song that makes you feel, and then Dude, you are can, you a songwriter? Dude, I... Have you written songs? I'm not high. Right. I am only buzzed. This is like one of the most ridiculous realizations <laughs> I've ever come up with. No, that... I do, I do think that's true. I think so, too. I think I'm, that's true. I'm like very confident in what I just said, and I... You just need to make people feel something. You make them Get feel out anything. of the comfort zone of like your normal, like, this is my spectrum. And as soon as you get out of that, you can go anywhere. I think that's true. Cause oh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're lubed up and ready to go. Yes. And once you're lubed up to emote, you could go anywhere, but you have to be lubed up first. And that lube process takes place with making you feel any emotion yes that's, damn man that's a deep that's what? deep i am so sorry for like yeah kids fuck. fuck me yeah that was like a late night like 3 a.m <laughs> we've been like smoking a bunch of weed <laughs> yeah i'm just like feeling stuff i'm but i'm not at all how do you feel about chuck just bouncing though when shit got tough because i i like the hardball play of like him saying all right, I'm going to make Blair fucking get a taste of what it's not like when I'm around now and just bouncing. But on the flip side, I go, mm, he's a coward, kind of a coward move. Coward. Just, yeah. Run away from the problem. Yeah. Like stay there and face it like a man, dude. You can beat Nate fucking Chuck. You can beat Nate. Nate sucks. 
Like Nate is such a wet blanket zero. You can beat him. I'm trying to because th- I know that the I move feel- to Monaco is is a good move. I'm trying to think of why it's a good move. You always want what you can't have. You take yourself out of this country Ooh, yeah. right when shit goes down. I feel like you're just putting yourself in prime position for giving her she can't have you. And you know that Nate is going to be something special for like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. And then he's going to go right back to exactly who he is, which is a fucking wet blanket. Wet blanket dildo. And then, hey, guess what? I'm out exploring the world when you are 17 years old and you see someone else. That's why uh, Serena's dude, Carter. Carter. Connor. Carter. Carter. No, it's Connor. No, it's Carter Basin. I'm telling you, it's Carter. B-A-I-Z-E-N. Look it up. He is the Winter Soldier. I know he's a Winter Soldier. And... I'm telling you, it's Connor Basin. My wife walks in and goes, oh, you know that's Winter Soldier. My panties are wet right now. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Seriously? Whoa. It's like, damn. That's aggressive. (laughs) Yeah. That's what... His name is Carter. You're right. No, I'm not betting. You're right. It is Carter. (laughs) I know. So, but that guy... Exploring the world is to a 17-year-old who has money, who can, you know, go explore, like, whenever the fuck they want. Now, if you're living in fucking Cincinnati and someone's like, oh, I went to France, they're like, who the fuck cares? Because we're not thinking globally and, like, how cool that would be. So I think that's kind of a sweet move. Because who knows what is going to happen in France with a very wealthy kid from New York. Uh, pants are going to come off. Who is willing to rape someone. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Damn, Chuck. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and See, I, I, that's why I, it's cool. No, I agree because I got it. It, it's no doubt at 17, if you have the ability to travel the world, that looks good on the resume. And that looks good as a selling point for the ladies. Yeah. I mean, that always looks good. But and Nate fuck. is not going anywhere because his dad's in rehab. Yeah, so Nate's coke-addicted dad is keeping them pretty fucking landlocked. But <laughs> let's transition into episode 11. This one's a quick hitter. This is a Christmas episode. And this one was interesting mainly in the vein of it just had so many dynamic storylines that were complicated as fuck. And I just want to get your thoughts on... Some the complicated nature of some of these storylines. Blair's dad, Blair's mom and dad had been together from the beginning to when she was 17 years old. At the age of 17, Blair's dad comes out of the closet, tells the family that he is actually gay. Shockingly. No, not shocking. That guy, I know you're I know you're joking, but that guy was the gayest guy episode was a very clear representation. Of- yeah, this guy's not into women. <laughs> I know. Even before I knew the storyline, I was looking at him too, and I was like, <laughs> I think this guy gets Botox. <laughs> I don't think he's into the ladies. Yeah. He cooks the entire Thanksgiving dinner. And while he's doing it, he has an apron on. <laughs> a pink apron. It's like, uh. There's no, like, could be... Maybe it's just, it's very, very clear. 
at all times. So her dad, he tells the family that he's actually into dudes. He's been lying to her mom for the last 20 years or whatever. And he moves to France? Yeah, I think he moved to Paris with Roman. Just moves to Which another country Roman with a dude. Roman was a model that Blair's mom was bringing as like a new talent to the Thanksgiving. So even more of a fuck you. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this little Roman boy. What I would like to do is we haven't done a hypothetical role play on this oh podcast boy. in a while. I'd love to do a hypothetical Pat role was play. Really good at this. Pat was because he always like, hated. Really he always hated these. He was really good. At okay, these. good, good. So I'm not kidding at all. So hypothetical role play. I want to play the dad who's coming out of the closet. Okay. You play my son. Okay. And you tell Sounds me so how you would act. Blair. You're right? Blair, yeah. except you're a dude. Aaron so, Blair. son. <laughs> son. Son. Yeah. Yeah, dad. We got to have a quick check. Can you come in here for a second, buddy? Come here. Have yeah. a seat. Have a seat. Right here. Have yeah. a seat. Have a yeah. seat. All right. What's up? I you just want... You guys getting a divorce? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Oh, I knew it. Don't... It's not. It's not a big deal. It's not a big thing. Now, is it my fault? De- <laughs> I was gonna say definitely. <laughs> Look, son, it's not you, son. It's me. Okay, here's the thing, and you'll learn this, son. A man has needs, and as he gets older. He figures out the different needs that he has, and he has to act on those different needs, son. Does that make sense to you? No. I was with your mom for a really long time, correct? Was? (laughs) (laughs) Your mom is great. Your mom is fantastic. I love love your mom. Your mom, great, great, great lady. I love her so much. But here's the thing. Those needs I was talking about, those man needs. Right, yeah. I'm now realizing, son, as I get older, that I have those needs in my loins for other dicks. Do you, does that make sense to you, son? Yeah, I'm like, I want other dicks too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's fantastic. No, I totally understand where you're coming from. Wow. This worked out so much better than I thought. You know, it's so cool. So you get it. It's cool. It's cool. Cool. It's 2020. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Whatever you want. I just love you, Dad. <laughs> What's mom going to say about this? Though? Well, here's the thing. Son, I had this whole thing queued up about how I was going to tell you, like, the rough calluses of a man's hands feel so much better than the soft, nurturing touch of a woman's hands. But it sounds like you Go just, on. you get that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're just, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, so, son, let me lay out another hypothetical in this hypothetical role play. You go to a massage uh, parlor. And you're getting them not no, nothing to fair. You're getting a massage, and they always ask you that upfront question, son, of like, "What do you want? What would you like? Would you like a female masseuse? Would you like a male masseuse?" 
what do you say? You've always told me male. Yeah. Right. Always go for the male. I know I've told you because yeah. in my head it's always been like, well, I, I put the question back on them and I say, what would you do? What would you say? Like, wh- what would you do if, if you want like, hey, I got a lot of kinks in there and I need to get a lot of big kinks. I need some strong hands to get some, like, need those kinks out. I feel like out. I need some man hands. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, get those strong should I, man should hands. Should I have man hands or woman hands? Or like, yeah, little, little, like, <laughs> little hands that's like, hey, caressing. And they, it's not really like a, a massage, but it's more of just like a, a, a rub or a back scratch. I love mom. Yeah. That's like your mom. Yeah. So like at a, at a massage place, I'll say <laughs> the big, strong, tough man to get the, the bad kinks out of my back. What would you say, son? Can I have both? <laughs> no, you got to pick, son. All right, then you're not nice gay. Much. You don't like dick like I do. Well, now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I have no. I don't want a dude's hands all over me. <laughs> but <laughs> it would just be interesting because neither you or I have gone through anything like that. So it would just be interesting to put yourself in that position where, like, your dad is coming up to you and he's like, "Hey, sorry, I lied." forever but i actually love dick it would be so fucking confusing oh i know it would just be it'd be like dad why are we sitting here why are we here how did we get here why am i uh, why am i born i can't imagine if i am like 15 years old and possibly questioning my sexuality and my dad who has been married to my mom for 25 years just all of a sudden leaves her for a 20-year-old dude. dude. Like, what does that do to you? What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. That's oh, why I wanted to cover this episode this because obviously not, we're not equipped. This is not a joke. I, well, I know. We're not equipped. <laughs> we're not equipped not to handle equipped these whatsoever. issues. I'm sure we have literally just crossed so many boundaries that we shouldn't be crossing with just even having that conversation because it's 2020 and stuff. But like, it would just be wild. And it would, I think it's safe to say it would be a really crazy, wild thing if your dad had had just went forward with having a full-on just family, had kids and all that stuff, and then didn't come out until he was like 45. Jeez. And then it would just be fucking wild. Like, like I feel bad for everyone involved in that. It's bad for everyone. Like it sucks for him because he's lost a lot of his life on yeah what he's is like been living a lie. Yeah. yeah, it's like jeez. It sucks for the kids. It sucks for the wife. But that's where I just go back to. Hey, I wish you just didn't lie your whole life. I wish you would have just literally done this and come out and yeah, been true to yourself you early. Exist. I know that's what's fucked up. And so what I would like to ask is have you ever seen a storyline where it's the mom and she's actually a lesbian or is it always the dad who turns out to be gay didn't that just happen on the real housewives with denise richards didn't she like leave her husband and she was hooking up with one of the other female real housewives and that's all the drama going on my wife has not watched real housewives in a while and if she's not watching it i'm not watching it okay i've just got too many other you got, shitty you got shows kids. to watch. Uh, kids and too many shows to it's watch, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, after the kids go down, 
she's asleep by 8.30. So we don't get to watch a lot of shows together. Which is why I had time to watch Gossip Girl again. Okay, let's hit two more storylines and then we'll wrap this thing. I want to play a clip of the whole Vanessa and Serena dynamic that's going on in this episode is Vanessa has like known Dan her whole life. So she's like been buying him gifts for Christmas and like she just knows like the how to buy the perfect gift from all this stuff. So she starts like helping Serena buy the perfect gift for now Serena's boyfriend, Dan. And there's this clip of Blair like steps in because she's noticing that Vanessa is helping Serena with Dan a whole lot. And she steps in and says this shit to her because she's just like confused. It's so nice what you're doing for your friend Dan. Helping his girlfriend make his Christmas present. Serena is so grateful because she likes to see the best in people. I like to see the truth. Yeah? And what's that? I think you like Dan a little too much. Just thought I should let you know someone's watching. Merry Christmas. I know that you want to fuck Dan and that you are only helping Serena this much get Dan like and be happy with him because you yourself want to be with him. And I just thought that was such a key moment for me in like the evolution of Blair and understanding how Blair really is and being like, oh, that's right. Blair has a, a Brooke Davis vibe so much where from One Tree Hill where it's like, hey, you know what? I get to fuck with all these people but not you. You're an outsider. Fuck off. Anyways, what are your thoughts on the friend helping out that much? Do you think that means something nefarious is going on? Yeah. As like an 18-year-old, 17-year-old in high school, no chance. you legitimately have to go to college. If you continue to be friends through college, then they are a true friend. Uh, yes, I think so. Gender. I think so. Now, if you go to college and you meet 20 other girls and you lose relationship with your friends from high school who are of the other gender, they're just gone. So they're you think gone. you think in this instance, I don't know yet. You don't know. No, I, I mean, like, obviously, Vanessa has feelings for Dan. Yeah, because we just don't know. She's just reacting so hard still to what happened last year. Something has happened in the last year where no one has liked her. No one has loved her. I know. What? She is That's dying what I'm for curious of. someone to want her back. And the last person to do that was Dan. That's what I'm curious of. Of like, what has happened in this last year with right. Vanessa? Right. Because she... And her and Dan were best friends. He obviously read that as he was in love with her. He professed his love to her. It was not mutual. She did not feel the same way. She left town a year prior. She's now back a year later. And I have the same questions of like, what happened in that year that you were away that now all of a sudden this guy that you didn't give a fuck about being intimate with now all of a sudden you're in love with and you're trying to break him up with his new hot girlfriend. Yeah. What went down? What do we what do we guess 
what went down. Is she just such a loser? She didn't make any friends. She That's had a couple of failed attempts. Thinking. Failed attempts with dudes like, and like, yeah, she was around people who didn't give a fuck about her. Now it could be based on class. That's so weird though because or, she's so attractive, right? But if it's based on class, unless you're Dan Humphrey, that matters. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Apparently, yeah, I know. Like with, with Dan, it's Dan the is only, the only fucking person in that high school that doesn't care about class. <sighs> He's a peasant, dude. He's a poor. Yeah. He's a poor. He's a poor peasant. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I. I just. Uh, yeah. So many question marks, dude. I. I would love. I would love to just know. Like, have them so explain that to us. Instead of having the Lily and Rufus backstory, maybe let's do a season on Vanessa, the like lost year. Oh, a lot probably went down in that lost year. Jessica dude. Zor, what are you doing right now? How do you I feel don't think about that you're her? Super busy. You can probably fit this into the schedule. Um, How do you feel about her looks wise? Are you as into her as I am? No, really. Now, I forgot what she looked like as like a supposed teenager. So she was what, like probably like early twenties. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, like that's just how it is. Yeah. So what she looked like during Gossip Girl, and then what she looks like now. Yeah. And now. I went on a deep dive of the Instagram page. Yeah. And she's all over the place. Really? Yeah. Like attractive in some, not attractive in others? Yes. Um, she's very into fitness. Uh-huh. Um, she is she's like that like really skinny and like really strong as well. She's like the Kelly Ripa. Oh. You know, like where she's she's probably a hundred and ten pounds, and she has been doing yoga and like CrossFit six days a week. Hasn't had a cheeseburger, so it's like she's super healthy, super fit, looks great. Not interested. <laughs> I'm with you that guys and girls. It's like it's it's an age shame. Guys who are yeah who are like. 50 years old who they have that like weird fit old dude body. Yeah. Where, you, where you're just like, like, dude, what the fuck? It's like, damn, like you look really good in like a suit. And then TMZ catches you on a fucking beach and you're like, you look weird. Like, whoa. Yeah. Too like, ripped. Right. You know who I actually is, like gangly. And it's just, it's so difficult to age well. It, I know, dude. Anyone. And God, we're age like, shaming like, so much. Thank God we are not in Hollywood, though, because I can age gracefully into fat like, oblivion, mildly obese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just be totally okay. Here's the thing I will say her face, it, it does look like Zendaya. Zendaya is like 21. So, yeah. Cool. No, and like Vanessa's so cool. beautiful. She is. She is. She is. I shouldn't have looked at Instagram. I I literally while you were talking, I looked at her, and I agree with you. Uh, about half the pictures, I was totally into it, and half I was like, Yeah, God, she looks. And that's fine. Mm. That's okay. All right, everyone, that's okay. 
Um, let's now let's zag let's zag one it has more. To be okay, because that's what we're gonna be fucking. <laughs> we're all getting older. Um, let's zag though to end this episode. Let's zag. Let's tie a bow on this Rufus storyline and go to the adults to end this. Yeah. This episode ends with a clip of Rufus's wife has left. She's left the family again. So you saw she She came back. She had been gone for like a year. She left the fucking family uh, just to fend for themselves. Great parenting. Great mom move, you idiot. She comes back. You saw her. She comes back for Thanksgiving, all this stuff. Yeah. She then leaves again because she's like goes back to another dude and just another life and just abandons her kids again. As she's doing this, Rufus is realizing, hey, I want Serena's mom. He doesn't have a choice, though. He really doesn't. You know, it's like he's slim pickings. He was trying to make the initial marriage work and it didn't. And he was, like, desperate for it. Yeah. yeah. And then his wife left. And now it's like, okay, now I'm going to actually try and snake Lily. What do I do during the day? I'm on a show tonight, but what the fuck am I going to do during the day? Yeah, I have no job. I'm let's, not actually making money. Uh, let's yeah, during try the day. and get into that trust fund. So this episode ends with a clip of Dan's dad, Rufus, calling Serena's mom, Lily, and leaving a voicemail on her phone of himself professing his love to her via voicemail. Here it is. So, uh, Allison's leaving. She's spending time alone with the kids. And I seem to have walked all the way from Brooklyn to your doorstep without a jacket in the snow. So what the hell? I miss you. And I have been missing you for a while it's like dude why would you leave that on a fucking voicemail why would you ever leave that on a voicemail you need reaction immediately and yeah professing anything to realize like in the moment you okay can, where like, i cut it off yeah, yeah like like all right like maybe i should stop professing here because it's obviously uh, she's not, not into it she's yeah. not into it so it's like you need a face-to-face this is not over text. This is not over voicemail. You need her to be directly in front of you, and you need social cues of, all right, she's either into this or I need to rip that fucking parachute out real quick. Because you know what she was doing simultaneously while he was leaving that pathetic-ass fucking voicemail? is She was getting proposed to by Bart Bass. Yes. And it's like, Way to go, Rufus, you idiot. This is exactly why you don't do this. Because unbeknownst to you, because you can't see the reaction and you can't see what's really going on in her life at this moment, you are about to leave this voicemail and her and her new fiance are about to have a real good laugh at your expense (laughs) when they both listen to this voicemail back together about you pathetically professing your love to her. You fucking dumbass. And you know that Lily... Like, if you just got engaged to Bart Bass, he does not feel threatened by Rufus whatsoever. Like, in any fucking way. No. It doesn't matter how attractive he is, like, nothing. So it's like, this is pure comedy to him. It's like, oh, this poor. Oh, he's a poor. This fucking peasant. Oh, what a peasant idiot. This whole show is very strange how the kids 
are just constantly teaching lessons to oh, parents. I d- just uh, over and over and over again. It's a weird, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's from the teenagers' perspective yeah, because I know. I know because all of these situations somehow get like worked out by the characters. By the, I know, and 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 dude, I'm with you. Adults. It, it's been the biggest gripe. Honestly, I yeah. love teen dramas more than anyone. I have a fucking teen drama podcast. I've done 89 podcasts on teens. I love them more than anything. The one gripe I've had, the one nitpick is it makes no fucking sense in all of these scenarios why the adults are just getting run all over by the teens in like massive life decisions and like character building moments and all this stuff the the teens are always all knowing and the adults are always bumbling fucking idiots (laughs) dan humphrey looks like the most philosophical dude yeah on the planet i know and i know yeah he he's plato he's probably a fucking idiot definitely definitely he's 17 years old (laughs) you know nothing nothing Dude, how dumb were we at 17? Like, we thought we had the world figured out, and we are fucking dumb. No, I would... Anything that any adult would tell me, I, I would just be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, See just ya. going back to, like, Cece, yeah. Celia, like, if my girlfriend's grandma came up on me <laughs> and was like, you're not going to the debutante ball with her, I, I'd be like, oh. My bad. Oh shit! Yeah. So sorry. I'm totally not doing that. Oh, I, I apologize. Oops. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, that I I respect you. I respect your family. I respect. Uh, you, you think oh she should God. go with Everybody, Carter Basin? Yeah, yeah. probably. Carter. Yeah. Oh, Carter. Car- yeah. Carter. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, dude. Hey, but I will say, perfect transition oh, by you to get back to Celia because we now need to give MVPs of Gossip Girl Part Three podcast and. As a lead-in to your MVP, I want to say, forgot to do this on the last couple of podcasts, this MVP is brought to you by our second fine sponsor on this pod, and it is the entire industry of Japanese denim. We love you, Japanese denim. Softest, most durable denim that exists on the market right now, Japanese denim, and as we always say on this podcast, Japanese denim is Japanese-made podcaster approved okay who is your mvp ben my mvp is gonna (laughs) go to celia rhodes rhodes that is also known as celia vanderwoodson yes facts and i love this and we teased it earlier i love it because we've never just to say (laughs) yeah you gave it away tease is a very Nice we teased word. it because you gave it away. We've never no listened anymore because they already heard it. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had an MVP slash MCITW winner. We've had we've had a Ryan Phillippe practice hero award yep. winner. Yep. Also win the MVP, but we've never had an MCITW. Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week winner. Also bring home the MVP. So lay out your case. And I want to say that this is not set up. As BD was dropping the MCITW, yeah, I was like, "Holy shit!" Fuck. All right, like I should have seen that coming, but I just didn't. I thought it was gonna be Nate's dad for 
ended up in the hospital. I thought it was going to, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? But it was like, oh my God. He, he stole <laughs> he stole my MVP. And so why I does she look, get it? I why look do, like I'm trolling now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do. Why does she get it? Um I appreciate any character who is just willing to go to the nth degree. And Celia is probably the best example of this. She was going to lie about being sick to her family. <laughs> yeah. In order to go to a debutante ball, like something so insignificant. I know. In the grand scheme of things, it's like it's a school fucking dance. Yeah. It who doesn't cares? matter. Who cares who is going with them? I know. Who who cares who is taking Serena? She is Serena Vanderwoods, and everyone fucking bows down still. So you She's like her for a year, and the grandma is just an absolute savage, and she manipulated Lily her entire life, totally, and then just can't help herself. But she is going to manipulate Serena through Lily. Through Lily again. <laughs> Fuck you. Manipulating like, from all yeah, angles. Like, she is the most insincere grandparent I've ever seen. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I'm with you because it's like, uh, here's the thing I, I love. I love passionate people. And she is a passionate savage. <laughs> like, she gives a fuck hard aggressively and she's manipulating every which way like you said but she's driving storylines and that's nothing to be frowned upon that's what dan scott did that's why you love him that's why I he's gave your dan favorite. scott an mvp <laughs> I gave, like i just give the most interesting characters of the episodes that i have to watch so i am not gonna like i'm not gonna pander yeah to the audience i I know she sucks, but she is fucking entertainment. Gold. She's driving storylines. Any anyone can come in here and give an MVP to Serena Vanderwoodson. I mean, that's easy work. That's easy shit. But it takes a real pro podcaster to come in here and give prick. MVPs. <laughs> a real douche. A real douchebag podcaster to come in here and give MVPs to someone like a Dan Scott and a Celia Rhodes. You know, I, the last thing I'll say is, it's like, damn, when is Chuck Bass? I, th- I I'd said on the Lauren S podcast at the very end, I was like, don't worry about not giving Chuck an MVP because Ben's coming in next week and he's definitely <laughs> going to be giving it to Chuck Bass. So I, I'm, I'm hoping now I we're three eight minutes left on your pod. Yeah, Lauren, I know. So I was listening to the entire thing. But so. here's we have two. Gossip Girl episodes left. So I think what we're going to do on this pod is maybe do a couple movies here, take a little break in between the show, do a couple movies, and then finish Gossip Girl. So we only have two more Gossip Girl episodes, though, to when it's all said and done, to give Chuck Bass one of these fucking MVPs. He's got to get one of the final two. I mean, you have to get someone who is just a pawn. Who just understands what true heroes look like. You can just, yeah. just pick someone who you can just direct them straight to the MVP for Chuck. Chuck's now, the best. Chuck's Chuck the best. For Chuck's the entire best. series, 
he's always going to be an MVP. I know. So, he is the best when it's all said is, and done. Yeah, I mean, this is not like downplaying no. Chuck, but Celia, baby. Celia gets it. Love it. I'm glad. Uh, you'll, I, I just know when Ben J comes in, he's always going to give the MVP to the old, crusty, piece of shit white person who's like over the age of 65. So then they have to be rich, too. <laughs> I know my future. Hopefully I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be old, white, and crusty. So That's future Ben, but current times Ben, he is going to tell those kids, kids, it's about that time to get real comfortable in that bed kids and you have a really good night's sleep and with an assist from ben we will tell those kids while you're sleeping tight ben clear eyes full hearts do less less. kids unless you want to do more then you do more do more no do less You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.